This is Foxhole Podcast 009. Recently, my coach said something that caught my attention. He said, in, in relation to what I was talking about, which was how time flies and how cliche that really is, but also how true it really is. Um, he referenced uh, the quote that I'd heard many times ago, something along the lines of, well, the days are long, but the years are short. You know, the days take forever. The hours drag on, but the years slip by. Uh, anybody who's got kids, I think, get that, especially young kids, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, having four kids under the age of 11 it just seems like there's always some sort of chaos and some sort of problem and some somebody saying no, somebody screaming at somebody, somebody hitting somebody, um, somebody crying, uh, somebody somebody complaining, somebody not wanting to go to school, and uh, it, it, it drains you. It, it definitely does. But then you, you take a second, you look up, and you look around, and man, my firstborn's 11. How did that happen? And what, uh, what my coach said was... Uh, well, one of the reasons, if you think back to when you're a kid, uh, at how long everything seemed to take, you know, I told my daughter, my 11 year old, I said, you know, you've got seven years and she's like, for what? And I said, you got seven years to get out of here, kid. And I'm not joking. Like, Hey, at 18, you know, I want my kid, we, we do things in our family. We always joke and we say, well, it's not a joke. We talk about how Delisi's do it different. That's one of our rallying cries. One of our principles that we do it different. It doesn't mean that we do it right, but we definitely do it different. And one of the things that my wife and I are very um, particular about is that we are designing a life and, and leading our kids in a way so that we can be replaced, which is exactly what leaders are supposed to do. Um, of course, most parents don't look at it that way. They, they literally want to walk their kids through you know, high school and then walk them into college and then walk them around college and then, you know, invite them back after college. And then before you know, I mean, I have a client the other day told me that he's got a 40 year old kid still living with him. And I think that's crazy. And I think it's because you're not giving the kids clear expectations that at 18, you're on your own. It might be that you're living at college uh, and coming home on Thanksgiving, or it might mean that you don't want to go to college and then you get an apartment and a job. Either way, you got seven years. And she looked at me and she was like, well, that's forever. And it, 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 it is from her perspective, seven years is forever. I mean, think back when you were a kid and the difference between say sixth grade and senior year of high school just literally seemed like two or three lifetimes. But as an adult, seven years is nothing. I mean, seven years goes by in, in the blink of an eye. It just, it just goes so fast. And what my coach said was the reason that that is that way as an adult is because you're not doing new things anymore. You're not trying new things. Nothing's new. <clears throat> yeah, you might have a new house. You might buy new golf clubs. I don't know why you would do that, but you, you know, a lot of you guys do. Um, you might go on a new vacation, but you're not like a kid where everything is new. Algebra, brand new. Um, prepositions, <clears throat> brand new. Dissecting sentences, brand new. Chemistry, new. Um, soccer, new. Ice hockey, new. Everything, new. Never been done before. Clean slate. And when you start something new, it, it can very much be you're at the base of that mountain looking up 
at the crest of the mountain and, oh my God, how am I going to get there? How am I going to figure that out? And finding the way up that mountain or being shown the way up that mountain takes a long time. And it might not even be chronologically a long time, but it's going to feel like forever. One of my kids, Gavin, says that all the time. Hey, dude, time to make your bed. Oh, it's going to take forever. Like he, I don't think he's kidding. <laughs> In his mind, 20 minutes, which is what it takes him to make his bed, is literally forever. For an adult, that's just a blink of an eye. So today's podcast is around new things, doing new things, trying new things, um, and the skill of doing that and why it's important. I, I think it's, uh, it's obvious most people who listen to this podcast are uh, in sales in one form or another. Many of you are in the type of sales that you're dealing with um, financial clients, <clears throat> financial planning and insurance and what have you. And you're very much in a leadership position in that situation. And yet it's, it's, it's weird. A couple weeks ago, I was at a, a conference where I was speaking and I was, I was looking out over this, this conference and, and the, the focus of the conference was, um, was new people in this industry and I mean, like six months and under in this industry, most of them were like six weeks and under in this industry uh, and at this company. And so by virtue, like automatically, not across the board, but I, I mean, literally, if I had to guess, I'd say, I'd say there were 60 people in the room um, and probably 90% of them were 25 or under. You know, a lot of them were 23 and 22 and 23 always catches my attention because that's uh, when I started my, my full-time career and how new it was to me. But the funny thing was I'm looking out across this crowd and I don't, I don't see, I didn't see in their eyes the fear that they really should have had. <laughs> Meaning <clears throat> 23 years old when I came into my uh, business I was just coming out of college and everything in college was relatively new to me, you know, living on my own, um, you know, working my own schedule, getting a real job, real for me at the time, I was bartending. Um, but I, yeah, I was, I was carrying a full course load in college and then I was also, um, uh, bartending and, and bartending a lot, uh, cause I was, I was paying for almost all of my expenses. A lot of my college expenses wound up being on loan, but I had, you know, an apartment and, um, and other things that I wanted to do. And so all, all new, uh, even the concept of actually filing a tax return back in the day, new, then getting an internship new, never done that. Um, negotiating with my professors for a better grade. <laughs> it was new, um, running the bar, scheduling other people, being in charge again, new. So I was used to it. I was used to new. I was used to, hey, you're going to be thrust into a situation that you don't know literally anything about. And uh, you're going to be in a world where 80% failure rates are common. In fact, if it's a, if you could get it to a 70% failure rate, you're like a hall of fame person. You know, if you, if you can recruit people to this field and only have 70% of them fail out, you're, you're going to be on stage forever saying how you did it. That's how complicated and, and difficult that career choice that I was making, um, was. And so that didn't scare me. 
you know, when I was recruited into the financial industry, um, the person who recruited me, I'll never forget it. I sat in a booth and the guy said, he looked for me right in the eye and he goes, now listen, 80% of the people fail out within the first five years. Didn't even resonate with me because in college I was always told the same thing. Like, Hey, nobody gets an A in this group. You'll have 35 people in the class. Only two people will get A's. And in college, I was playing a game like I always do. I make everything a game, basically. And in college, what I decided was I, w- I was failing out of college my first semester until I, I made it a game where, oh, wait a minute, let me declare a new major, clean slate, and let me see how many A's I can get in a row. Had nothing to do with learning anything. It was just all about the games, gamesmanship. And I continued to streak for a long, long time in that, in that major. Um, and, and then once that once that uh, streak of A, grade A's went away, I basically stopped going to class. But when this guy looked at me and said, hey, 80% of the people are going to fail out in five years, it just didn't, it didn't resonate with me. I didn't care. I was used to that. That was normal. And so as I'm on stage and I'm looking out at these other folks and I'm, I'm, I'm answering the question that they had, which was, what would you do different? Which, by the way, the answer is nothing. I would do everything exactly the same way. Um, I was telling them, how difficult it was looking back. And I knew it at the time. It was hard when I was going through it, you know, living in uh, basically renting bedrooms in people's houses um, because I couldn't afford anything, you know, being in massive amounts of debt, literally having two shirts and one or two colors of tie, uh, one pair of pants. I mean, it was just, it was a, it was a very difficult time. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I knew it then. And I look back on it fondly now, but also understanding that, hey, I easily could have failed out as well. Um, And I'm looking at the audience, I'm telling them these stories and, you know, some of it's bravado where they're just looking at me and and they're shaking their head up and down like, got it, no problem, I'm going to make it. You know, some of that's bravado, but some of them, they they don't know to be afraid because they're used to doing new things. And I, so I get off stage and I finish my, um, my, my talk and I go to the back of the room and I get back in quote unquote, my crowd, you know, the people that have been around for a while and the people that lead, um, companies in this industry for a while, lots of gray hair. And it just hit me so like a brick wall. It hit me. Oh my God, we aren't doing new things anymore. (laughs) We collectively aren't doing anything new. Yeah, again, like maybe you buy a new house, maybe you go on a new vacation, you get a new car, um, you know, maybe maybe you've been through a divorce, you have a new wife, maybe you have a new child, but none of those things are new. Like we've been down those roads before. We can't go back and unlearn calculus and learn it again. We can't go back and unlearn how to, I don't know, run an Ironman event. Like you can run a different Ironman event, you can, um, but you know, new is is something that is basically lost on people who are, let's say, in their forties and over. We've stopped. We've quit. We don't do new. So, I went back home. I was thinking a lot about that on the plane ride home, and uh, and <clears throat> how me not doing new things might be hindering me as a leader to my children and my wife as a leader to my clients and my business, um, and, and leading myself, like what, what is, what is, where am I too comfortable? And, you know, we lead a very unique life. We travel a lot. Um, we have homes in Tennessee and Missouri, um, spending more and more time in California 
And um, so our, our life is not normal. People look at us and just kind of wonder, you know, how do they, how and why do they do that? For us, it's normal and everything else is not normal. Coming home at five o'clock because that's when you're supposed to come home doesn't make sense to us. Um, you know, not having houses in multiple states and going back and forth doesn't make sense to us. It's, it's not that we look at the way other people do it and think it's bad or wrong. It just doesn't make sense to us. We do things different. Delisi's do it different. So I come back home and, and it was really on my mind. And, and so one of the things I did was I was like, you know what? Um, I've done it before, but I've never really taken it seriously at all. I said, it is, is rock climbing. I've never really done that. You know, I've done it again at a gym a few times here and there. And so I thought, well, let me try that. Let me, let me take the kids. Let's throw them in the car and take them over to, to the uh, rock climbing, the indoor rock climbing place where they've got um, the both ropes set up. And also you can uh, climb without ropes, which was actually pretty cool. A little scary, kind of cool. And we did that. Um, and I liked it. I thought that was neat. But the funny thing is, is well, even that, like I, I did... I did know a little bit about it. I understood grips and stuff, and um, it wasn't so radically different that, that it, it, it changed anything for me. And that kind of bothered me. I'm like, man, it's hard to it's hard to find new things. And yet, it really started to hit me, and I started writing about it. I, I do a lot of journaling. I do a lot of writing, um, some of which will make it out on my social media, uh, some of which I will publish as little papers. Um, some of which go nowhere, but it's a way for me to get my thoughts out. And I started thinking about, again, my job as a leader for people who come to me and they have massive amounts of difficulty, let's say around money. And they're looking at metaphorically this mountain in front of them, what seems to them is an insurmountable mountain. And they want an instant fix. I mean, and, and who doesn't? And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just that. One of the things that you'll see over and over, you might have even experienced yourself, is in, in weight loss. Uh, most people who are overweight, well, not most people, nobody got overweight in a week or a month. Um, maybe not even a year. I mean, I, I guess that's possible, but probably not. Most people who are, let's say, 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight, most people did that over years. You know, daily eating junk. Too many chips, too much pizza, too many donuts, too much beer. Um, not enough moving around. That, that occurs slowly over time. And then when people wake up to the fact that, oh my God, like, look at me. You know, they, and funny, they don't even see it. Uh, when they look in the mirror, they, they don't even see it. Uh, there's a, a word for that or a phrase. I think it's called body dysmorphic disorder. And it goes the other way too. You know, a lot of times you can look in the mirror, you could be in phenomenal shape and you all you see is fat. That's It's a body dysmorphic um, disorder. And so, when, but it works the other way too. If you're overweight, massively so, you don't see it. Um, but what happens is you'll take a picture um, in a group or you know, stand alone and you'll see this picture on somebody will share it to you or on social media and you'll look at it. You won't even recognize the person. You'll go, oh my God, I'm overweight. I'm way overweight. It's time to hit the alarm button and do something about it. But people want it to be solved in a week or in a month or in six weeks. A problem that took years to create, they want an instant solution. It doesn't happen. 
it doesn't happen. The expectations are just not, they're just not legitimate expectations. And even if you were to find a way to, I don't know, lose the weight that you wanted to, let's say in six weeks or even eight weeks or even three months, the, the odds that you'll keep that weight off are very low. I can't quote the studies to you. Google it. I'm sure this is accurate. And so it's a behavioral issue. Um, and going back to my job with clients and, and even in coaching people now over the past couple of years, you know, people come to me um, with a problem around discipline and they'll say, I don't have any of that. And I'm like, cool. Nobody does. Nobody's born with discipline, in my opinion. It's just, it takes some time. You, you have to be coached. You have to learn it. You have to learn it. It's a skill. And you can't learn discipline in six weeks. You just can't do it. It might take three months, four, it might take four years. In fact, the longer it takes, the better it is because the, the odds of it sticking with you are much higher. And so people come to me with whatever problem it is that they're looking at and saying, all right, Joe, help me with this issue. And you know, a lot of the times I'll have to say, okay, well, I don't, I've never dealt with that specific problem. So I can't speak powerfully to it. But what I can deal with is the behavior around it. Because that's a mountain I've been up and over. Um, changing behavior, uh, acquiring discipline, um, communicating it effectively to other people. Now that's a mountain I've been up. And so you can scale that mountain too. And you can do it your own way. You can find a path. You can go you know, across all the slippery shale. You can climb through all the trees. You can, you know, or you can walk up the path that I found after I scaled the mountain, turned around and looked down and said, hey, whoa, there's an easier path to this. So think about your business and how you deal, deal with your clients. That's the same thing you're probably dealing with with your people. Well, I don't care what it is. Say it's money. Say you're a financial advisor and somebody wants you to help them with their money and you say, okay, cool, I got it. I know that path. I can tell you exactly how to get up that mountain and over the mountain. Follow me. I'm going to show you the way. It's this, it's this way. And the, but the people are looking up at the mountain. They're not even hearing your words and they're looking up at this mountain and going, oh my God, I'm never going to get there. They might even start walking up the path and then quit. Oh my God, I'm never going to get there. Oh my God, I've been doing it for two months and none of my debts paid off. I've been doing it for three months and I've only lost four pounds. And it's that moment in time that your leadership is called into question. How are you going to deal with it? I'm going to tell you that a lot of people have a very difficult time getting people to follow them. And I think one of the big reasons is you haven't done anything new in decades. Decades. Nothing new. Your life's the same. Your activities are the same. Your hobbies are the same. Now, there's a, there's a good part to that. You found things you enjoy, right? I mean, I, I love to run. Um, I love to get up early in the morning and work out. It's what I like to do. I don't want to stop doing that. Um, I, I love going to the beach. It's my thing. I don't like the lake. I like the beach. I like the open ocean. I like Las Vegas. I like baseball. I like the Steelers and football. I, I don't want to change those things. I like those things. I want more of them. Good. But if we stay only in the known, it's not that 
it's a bad thing. It's that you're going to forget how to get people involved and interactive in new things to them, things foreign to them, because you've forgotten it. Because the last time you did anything really new, really new, was calculus, algebra, science, back in the day. So think about the people who lead you. The people who run your offices, um, your boss, your manager, uh, your coach even. And think, just think about those people. How old are they? Um, maybe their kids are grown and gone. Maybe they don't even see new through the eyes of anybody anymore. Um, maybe their hobby is golf. They've done it for 40 years and that's all they do. They've never tried anything new in almost their entire adult life. And then you come down the road and they're saying, hey, here's this mountain and it's going to take you five years to break even in this business. Go ahead and get after it. And you're looking at that going, oh my God. And you give it a shot and you fail and you fail and you fail and you look to them and you say, I just can't hang on. And they don't know what to tell you. You see, talent always gets a vote. There's no doubt about that. You know, think about any, any career you're in. I don't care if you're a corporate employee working your way up the corporate ladder and playing the game. I don't care if you're in sales. I don't care if you're a business owner. There are people out there who are just more talented than you or me. It's just a fact. And that talent gets a vote. Because if I work my butt off and that guy works his butt off and he's more talented than me, he's going to win more often than I am. It's okay. I can't do anything about that. But I'm going to say that, I don't know, 80% of success, if not more, is a skill. It's not talent. Talent is God-given. You can't change it. <clears throat> I, can't, I can't hit a baseball like Bryce Harper. I can't play basketball like LeBron James. I can't, you know, I can't play ice hockey like uh, Ovechkin. I just can't do it. It doesn't matter how much I train. And it's not just an age thing. Like even back when I was 20-something, I just wasn't as... In fact, I, I, I played in a few um, uh, early season training camps in the Washington Capitol system when I was in my late teens, early 20s. And I was good. I was good. I was a really good skater. I was very fast. I had horrible um, hands. So I couldn't pass like they could pass. I couldn't accept a pass like they could accept a pass. My shot was nowhere near... Um, what they had. I was just a really, really good skater. So it was really hard to get around me. Um, it was really hard to run me over because I was just so quick. Um, but everything else in my game, it didn't matter how much I, I practiced it. I just could never be as good as some of the Russian players and the other Europeans. I just couldn't. It was a talent issue. God just didn't give me that talent. He gave me skill, sure. The skill of hard work, the skill of um, showing up on time, um, the skill of not, never quitting. And he did give me talent. God did give me talent, but not the same talent as they had. So talent will always get a vote. But acquiring skills is where it's at, especially when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s. Skills are incredibly important. So what's a skill? Well, discipline is a skill. Doing new things is a skill. That's a skill set you can learn. It's not a talent. 
oh, I'm talented in doing new things. That doesn't, that's not a talent. Just sign up for something brand new and go do it. So what I did, the mountain climbing wasn't cutting it. And it really started to hit me. Wow. You know, I, I'm, I'm good at working with my clients. I've got a very successful business. I think I'm good at coaching people um, and, and helping them with discipline and self-confidence and understanding team. And I mean, I think I'm good there. But if I'm being completely honest with myself, I'm getting frustrated with people because they quit too soon. I'm getting frustrated with people because um, they say it's so hard. And if I'm being honest with myself as a leader, I was taking it out on them and putting it all on their shoulders. The truth of the matter is I needed to get better at teaching people how to do new things. So I decided jujitsu. <laughs> it's kind of a, kind of a, what's the word? Um, it's kind of in vogue right now, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. The people that I like to hang around and the people that I like to follow um, have either done it or are doing it now. Um, a lot of my friends uh, are in Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes, uh, and they're way ahead of me. And my son even, uh, Gavin, eight-year-old Gavin, he is in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he has been for a year. And so I've been going to classes and watching him for a year. And in the back of my mind the whole time, I'm like, man, I, I'd really like to do that. Uh, and it, you know, it's funny because back in the day when I was a kid, uh, I did Taekwondo. Like every kid in the 80s did Taekwondo or karate because of the Karate Kid, right? I mean, heck yeah. That's <laughs> a great movie, by the way. And, but back then, it was about the belt. So how quickly could I go from white, I think it was to yellow, uh, maybe orange, green, red, and then black, at least in the Taekwondo that I would do. And there were stripes on the belts along the way. And I remember I quit somewhere along the lines of like red belt, maybe one stripe or two stripes, something like that, right before black, basically. Um, and it, but I was in it for the belt. I was in it for the competition in the game, even when I was a kid. But jiu-jitsu is a little different because... I've become just aware of the fact that, you know, when you're a dad and you've got a wife and four kids and they're young, um, you know, your job's to protect them. And I know that sounds kind of goofy to maybe some of you, but not to me, like my job is to protect them. So I make sure that I go out and I train in, um, uh, in, in guns and weaponry, how to use them, how to clean them, how to operate with them in a, um, uh, in a urban environment, how to be safe with them. Um, I, I, you know, I train on some other, you know, minor kind of weapon kind of things, just self-defense kind of stuff, really basic stuff. Um, but what occurred to me is like, you know, if you're on an airplane and something bad happens, like you don't have, obviously have your, your gun. <laughs> so self-defense is really important. And to me, um, jujitsu made a lot of sense because it's, it's re really, it's about getting away. It's about creating space and getting away from the threat versus striking and punching. And, and that you're basically using the opponent's, uh, aggression against them to look to either get them in a situation where you can get up and run or submit them if you have to. It's just really compelling to me. I just, I loved watching it, but holy crap, was it different? I'd never done anything like that. I mean, Taekwondo is a kicking and striking martial art. It had nothing to do with um, what I was watching jujitsu. And I'm looking at people my age who are in there and they've got, you know, purple belts and brown belts and 
just they I mean my god they, they're so good at it and I'm looking at all these kids and they're getting better and I'm like oh my gosh like here I am in my mind you know a very successful person um, makes a lot of money on the outside everyone look you know that's how everyone judges you look on the outside you don't know what the family's like on the inside when the doors are closed but by all accounts you know a successful guy I don't want to go do that I don't want to be a white belt no stripes are you kidding me like you sign up and you got to stand all the way to the left in the class that's where the, that's where the lowest ranking belt stands. I didn't want to do that, but I did. So I walk in randomly one day with Gavin. He goes off to his class. I looked at um, we call him the professor. You, you call the black belt in the uh, in uh, the in the gym professor. And I looked at him and I said, "Hey, uh, I want to sign up." And he was like, "Really?" I said, "Yep, I want to sign up." He goes, uh, okay, <laughs> um, well, you know, you're going to have to commit to it for a year. I said, no problem. He goes, okay. So we do the paperwork. I get my, my gi, I get my white belt, uh, and I show up to my first class. And at that time, I didn't know that you had to go all the way to the left. So I show up. My first class was a 12 p.m. in the middle of the day uh, class. I was the only white belt there. And I'm just kind of sitting there stretching, you know, doing my thing, trying to trying to look like I knew something, even though this was my first class. And guess, guess what? Everybody could tell. And one of the purple belts walks up to me. Purple belt is, um, you go purple, brown, then black. So he's kind of high up in the food chain. And he goes, uh, hey, man, how you doing? First class? I was like, yeah, first class. He goes, cool. Uh, hey, white belts are over there. Ah, yeah, got it. <laughs> so I walk over there. Um, and then they just get into it. And it's, okay, we're going to start doing the warm-up. And they say, okay, do this. And I'm looking at them going, I don't know what the heck they're talking about, but I'll just try to, you know, feel my way through it. I'm athletic. You know, I got some cardiovascular, uh, you know, in me. I can, I can handle this. Okay, everything's good. Then we break up into pairs. And they said, okay, today we're doing hip throws. Now I'm here going, a hip throw? A hip throw? I'm day one, class one, white belt. I, I, ain't, I ain't doing no hip throw. I don't know what I'm doing. It was so embarrassing to be like, uh, uh, sir, like raising my hand. Here I am, 43 years old, right? In my industry, top of the food chain. And now here I am raising my hand. Uh, sir, I, 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 I don't know what that is. Oh, right, right, right. White belt. Got it. So he comes over. He's showing me the hip throw. Um, so class two, I show up. This time I'm like, okay, I got this. Yeah, I, I know where to stand. No one's going to make fun of me. Uh, I think I kind of got the warm-up down. Not so good on hip escapes, but really good at push-ups and jumping jacks. I can handle those. We break up into our pairs. We do our hip throws. No sweat. Got that down. Cool. Hip throws. Then we do, I don't even remember exactly what it's called, the triangle arm lock or something like that. And, and he's like, hey, any questions on this? And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? There's 15 steps to that. I can't dance. Like, I can't do the floss dance, let alone a, a triangle arm bar on day two. Um, but I do my best. And then they pair us up for sparring. Oh, good. Sparring. I don't know anything. And they pair me up with another white belt. Okay. This probably isn't going to go so bad. So me and a white belt, white belt, one stripe. This guy had one stripe, which means... He's basically been a white belt for, let's say, two months. Okay, maybe he's been here two months. I'm in class two. He's been there two months. So maybe he is, I don't know, he's probably been to 16 to 20 some classes. Okay, so not a ton. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at him, sizing him up. That's what guys do. I'm, I'm okay, this guy's you know a little taller than me. Maybe he's 6'1", 6'2". He's probably about 200 pounds. Okay, I got this. And we go. 
And I'm going to tell you something. The dude who only had 16 classes pinned me 14, 15 times in a row. In a row. I mean, I tapped out 14, 15. It could be more in a row. I'm sweating my butt off. My gi is soaking wet. I did get one. I got him once uh, to tap once in an hour. And so I'm at the end of that class, I'm dragging myself out of there and I'm just going, oh, man, I mean, I haven't been this tired. I couldn't, I, I, I could go run eight, nine, 12 miles, no sweat. I can literally do 300 burpees in a row. Literally. I can do those things. I can do arm slams. I can do pull-ups. I can do uh, leg press. I can do all of it. But this white belt crushed me for an hour. So I go last night, class three, fully expecting, you know, okay, I'm going to do a little better this time. Long story short, the head professor, um, multiple stripe black belt, the regional director of the jiu-jitsu school that I go to, says to me, uh, you know, you're not going to spar today. You just don't have enough information to do it. I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Good point. I don't. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So he paired me up with another white belt. The guy had probably 100 pounds on me. Big, big guy. And he goes, you guys are just going to work on this technique. And he was showing it to us. And I was kind of getting it, but going real slow. And he comes up to me, the professor does, and he says, um, hey, hey, Joe, which, by the way, it was kind of cool he knew my name. I mean, he's got hundreds of people who start and stop, start and stop. He says, uh, I just want to let you know, I don't want you to get frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, no problem. I'm not frustrated. I love this. This is great. Like, I can't wait. This is, he goes, no, no, I, you don't understand. The techniques that you're doing right now, I know you think you're starting to get them, but you're not. He said, this is going to take months to get this right. And it's going to take years to perfect it. And it's going to take a decade to really be proficient. And I don't want you to get frustrated because if you get frustrated, you're going to quit. He said something along the lines of nobody's special in jujitsu. You can't out athlete yourself. You can't out cardio anybody. I mean, I'm sure at the top ranks, those things come into play. His point was it's technique and technique takes a long time. So buckle in. And I said, sweet. Because now I know what the expectations are. And the whole time, I'm like, oh my God, this is what my clients feel like. Right? I mean, they sign up to come in to learn whatever. Money, discipline, weight management, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Whatever business you're in. <clears throat> Maybe you're training a new colleague in, in, in the corporate world. And they come in and, and they think that they've got some special skill sets, that, that this isn't going to be that tough. They can lose the weight. They can earn the money. They can save it. And then they hit a little bit of conflict. They hit a little bit of pushback. They fail. And then they really take a step back and they look at that mountain again. And they look at the effort that it took them just to walk up to the mountain. And then they look up the mountain again. And then they look at you and they quit. And it's at that moment or maybe even before that moment, which is why the professor came up to me, where you have to be able to move alongside those people and say, I get it. That mountain, that mountain looks like 10 mountains to you. And I'm not going to lie to you, it's going to take time. But 
I know what it's like to start where you are. I know what it takes to get up that mountain. And I'm not talking because I did it 15 years ago. I'm talking because I do new things all the time. And it doesn't matter what it is we're talking about. Anything new takes a long time to master. Painting. Maybe it's painting. Um, A friend of mine I recently found out is like a master painter. This guy started this probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, five years ago. Nobody knew it. You see him paint now, you think the guy's like a professional painter, a professional artist. It's incredible. Well, he wasn't like that on day one. And I think he started that like in his 50s. He's an amazing communicator, wonderful salesperson, fantastic at getting people to do new things and start new things and be better at it. But when was the last time you did the new thing? It's scary. It sucks, frankly. You show up. You have this opinion of yourself. You might have all the self-confidence in the world. Or, or the opposite is true, where you're just full of bravado and you don't have any self-confidence. And you don't want to get exposed to something else that you suck at. I get that. The problem is, if you want to lead people in your profession, if you have clients that you want to lead, if you want to be a, a better dad or a mom, you're going to have to do new things. And you're going to have to look around at the people that you hang out with and figure and audit them. Well, are they doing new things? Are they trying new stuff? Maybe we can do it together. You know, I mean, I've reached out to a few friends and been like, hey, you should try this. And and a lot of them say the same thing. Like, "Eh, no, I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. It's not for me. How do you know? Maybe it isn't. In fact, it probably isn't. You know, a lot of new things um, you're not going to like. I love jujitsu. I'm literally going to class number four today um, within the last five days. Like, it's, it's right up my alley. I love it. I can take a beating. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's taking a beating. That's why I'm so good in my business. I can take a beating. I can do things differently. I can have people roll their eyes at me. I can take that. That's one thing I'm good at. That's what jujitsu really is, <laughs> learning how to take a beating uh, and never give up. I'm good at that. So it's right up my alley, but I can completely see somebody who doesn't like that. So they sign up, they try it for a week or a month, and they're like, yeah, I just don't like it. You know, I don't like rolling around on the mat with some other dude. I don't like some person's sweat getting in my ear. Like, I get that. But do something. Paint. Learn how to fly. Learn how to fish. Go open ocean swimming. Skydive. Mountain climb. Mountain climb's a great one. You know, many, many people haven't done that ever. Uh, and these climbing facilities are opening up all over the place now. It's kind of a popular thing now. Um, and most of these places have monthly subscriptions and, and you can do that. It's brand new. You can learn how to, you know, I think it's called belay a rope. I, it could be the wrong term, but you can learn that. You can learn how to, you can learn what shoes to buy and how to, how to clip in and you can learn the technique of how to hold and what to look for. You can do that. It's brand new, brand new to you. Probably you can learn how to ride a bike, like a road bike in a race and be part of a Peloton. Um, you can learn how to, uh, if you've never done any kind of competitions, uh, maybe you do a body competition. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, you know, in the gym that I work out in, in St. Louis, they've got people that do natural body, 
um, competition. So, you know, no drugs involved. And we've got a guy in there who's a dentist. He's in his sixties and he decided to do it. Never done it before in his life. Um, and he's good at it, but try new things. It's not just because it's, it's a skill set that's good for you. I think it's a requirement for you to be able to, like going back to my story, look out at those, those young people in the crowd and tell them, hey, this is not going to be easy. Don't get frustrated. Don't give up. Yeah, you're probably not all equally talented. I get that. Some of you guys are going to be natural. You're going to be gifted at communicating. You're going to be awesome in front of people. And some of you aren't. But I know a lot of people that, frankly, aren't that great at communicating, and they make several hundred thousands of dollars in, in their, uh, their sales profession. But you're going to have to be able to get those people to that point. That's on you. Your client walks in the door, and they're broke, and they're miserable, and they make good money, but they can't seem to save any of it. And you know it's a behavioral issue. And you have to be able to look them in the eye and say, listen, I get it. This is hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to be, it's going to be long. It's going to take effort. You're probably going to need other people around you to help you with this. It can't just be me and you. And we're going to measure your progress in terms of years, not months, but I can get you there and I can keep you moving forward. And you, you have to know before even they do when they're ready to quit. And the only way you're going to know that is if you try the new things. So, I will probably get my butt kicked again today in jiu-jitsu. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, And I am also looking forward to 10 years down the road when my belt isn't white anymore and my gi isn't pristine and clean. It's all tattered and ripped. And I've been through the battles and I've, I've gotten injured and I've competed and I've gotten my butt kicked and I've kicked butt 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, looking back in time, that time's going to pass anyway. It is. It's going to pass anyway. I'm 43. I'm going to be 53, God willing. So at 53, I can either still not do jujitsu or at 53, I can say, ah, now I am an accomplished, I don't know, purple, brown belt, whatever the case may be. Those 10 years pass either way for you. You're 35. You're going to be 45. Do you still want to be the same weight? Do you still want to have the same amount of money on your balance sheet? Do you still want to have the same relationship that you have? Do you still want to have the same house that you have? Maybe, but probably most of you are listening to it and going, oh man, there's so many things I really want to do. There's so many things I wish I was doing. I really know I need to do these things. And what I'm telling you is the time passes anyway. So Look down those 10 years and just see that now you're up and over that mountain. You can get there or you can just stay where you are and do what everyone else or most of the people around you are doing, which is the same old thing. They're stuck in 1999 with the way they used to do it and they don't want change and they don't want to be questioned and they don't want new things and they don't, that's human nature. And guess what? doesn't take any talent to beat them. All it takes is the skill of doing new things. How do you do that? (laughs) You sign up for new things and you try and you try and you try and you fail and you fail and you use all of those lessons to write and organize thoughts and communicate that back out 
to people that you know and use that to help people get up their own mountain. And so in living a really good life for yourself, you are, you're doing that, yeah, maybe selfishly, but also so that you can teach others how to do the same thing so they can teach others how to do the same thing. That is how you create an amazing world of mouth experience, word of mouth experience. So that's about all I have for today. And what I would say is uh, if um, any of this resonates with you at all, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach us on uh, Facebook at foxholepartner.com. We also have a closed group on Facebook that we have to allow you in for where you guys can post back and forth, where you can create more of a team atmosphere. Um, you can also reach us at foxholepartner.com. Again, singular, foxholepartner.com. Uh, we are currently opening up our Foxhole 003 coaching group, which will kick off in January, taking applications for that now. We, I limit every group to seven people or less. Uh, we don't do any groups more than seven. Um, I think it would be phenomenal if you had a, a buddy to do it together with. <clears throat> I think that works really well. Um, and so if you are interested in that, uh, you know, smoke signal us, uh, email us, uh, Facebook us. Uh, we're also on Instagram, same thing, foxholepartner.com. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love some feedback. Uh, let me know how things are going with you and how we can uh, help in any way. Uh, we will talk to you soon and uh, go out there and try new things.